If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. For all new and current subscribers, welcome back to Resilient Love. Resilient is being able to overcome difficult situations. This podcast is about love, love tips on life, and how to level up in your business. Let's get started on the journey. Okay, and we're back with a quick episode. This is not a part of our January series, but this is one of those pop up conversations. This is a bonus. A bonus episode. So, today we are going to talk about overselling. Why Why overselling? What does that really mean, per se? It means, for example, I used to, um, I used to be a sales consultant. I had never worked in that industry before. Now, granted, I was a quick learner. But I don't feel like I had earned the right to actually put a consultant on my business card yet. Right. Reason being, yeah, I could give good service, but I didn't feel comfortable enough putting consultant on my name until I felt I have gained a certain amount of knowledge. And I'm not saying that it takes, you know two, three, five years to gain experience and knowledge. No, it does not. And it doesn't even take a degree. Mm-hmm. So let me make sure that's clear, clear real quick. It doesn't take a degree to be an expert. doesn't take a degree to have knowledge. All it takes is willingness to learn and actually perfect your craft. That's the key. Perfecting. Not perfect, but perfecting, perfecting. which means continual. So, I mean, this has, um, I was reading a book earlier and it was talking about, what's the name um, of the book? What is the name of the book? Gosh. The consultant's handbook? Yeah. Let me make sure. (laughs) My mind is a little, but while he's looking for that book um book title I wanted to just say to you guys you know when you're in business now granted Quentin and I are still in the building stage but we have experienced plenty of different companies customer service to be able to speak on this from a consumer standpoint and also speak on it from a consultant standpoint. Now, my company is Behind the Screen Media LLC. 
and I am a social media marketer and brand or business consultant. Now, I use that term consultant because I am providing a service where I establish the customer or the client's um, brand strategy. And so with the strategy comes the consultant, which comes the direction. And so when I put the term business consultant, I am literally saying business direction. So for me, I strategically um, place information or provide information to the clients so that they can be able to have direction on what to do with their business. I always tell my clients to take time to pray, take time to assess where you want to go. And once they come back with their perspective, I in turn dissect it and develop a game plan of action. So when I use that term, I use it because that's what I do, that's who I am. Now, the topic today is about not overselling yourself. And overselling meaning if I say that my product is gonna cost, I'm gonna use a big number, but it might not be big to some, but a big number. So if I say my product is $500, you are going to want to check what? My credibility. Is Brianna providing a service or a product that is worth or equivalent to $500? And as you all know, as a consultant or someone like a coach, you're literally paying for somebody's thoughts and their track record. So if I say that my product or service is $500, you, as a consumer, as a client, have to then check my references or check pa check with past clients. You have to then check uh, my own personal brand. Have I increased numbers with the things that I'm telling you to do? Have I seen productivity? So I hope that that kind of gives you a, a clearer uh, idea of why we're bringing this up because, like I said, Quinn and I are still building. So there are some things we are still a novice to, but there's also some things that we have actually experienced enough to call ourselves an expert. And so with that being said, I'm going to turn it back over to Q. Hmm. So the name of the book is The Consultant's Handbook. Um, it is by, y'all bear with me. Help me, Bree, help me. Samir Parik. All right. Thank God. <laughs> if that's right. But we'll leave it in the description box. But the interesting part was, um, um, that it says consulting is 
a helping relationship provided based upon expertise and experience, which we said that before. So a brief description in this book says, consulting is indeed a helping relationship and a consultant's primary focus is to help his or her client to achieve desired objective or outcome. Helping a client may involve many different activities according to the need <clears throat> context and context. Advising, conducting analysis, formulating strategies, designing processes, and implementing technology-based solutions are some of the most common examples of consulting help today. So it sounds as if what I just read, in order to be a consultant, you also have to have experience um, experience and expertise, but you also must be a forward thinker. And being a forward thinker is thinking about issues that could arise before they arise so you can implement things to be in place when that time comes. So, you know, our beginning was how not to oversell yourself. And the significant part about that in the word consulting is many people, you know, I could say I am a, hmm, what could I say? I could say I'm an insurance consultant. And I've only, so, you know, dealt with in the insurance industry for three months. Now, granted, I, I could be a quick learner, but I don't, I need to be very careful on how I present my work, how I present myself as far as what I can do and what I can't do. I don't want to oversell myself, but I also don't want to undersell myself and kind of like devalue myself. I want to continue to create value within myself, but I don't want to oversell myself and tell someone that I can do, you know, I can make sure your whole family got million dollar policies. Everybody going to be set for life. And then they only can get 25. I oversold a product so far and now they are basically hurt because I have really boosted their esteem and boot got them on a high of I'm about to be covered. I'm, I'm we Our family is going to be covered. We're creating wealth and not saying that the $25 policy is not creating wealth, but when 25,000, but when I throw a number out there, a million dollar policy versus a $25,000 policy, I mean, yeah. let's be honest, you just can't pay some bills after, you know, in a year's time, 25000 can be gone with mm -hmm. the snap of fingers. And especially according to your lifestyle. So it's so important not to oversell yourself. Like I want you not, anybody that's listening to this, I don't want you to get to the place where you're like, well, I'm just going to be timid. And I'm not going to push, continue to push, but make sure that when you talk about what you're talking about, you know what you're talking about. Right. You don't want nobody to be able to come for you. 
because you haven't did your homework and the pop quiz happening, you're not ready. Mm. And another book reference for this episode is How Successful People Grow, 15 Ways to Get Ahead in Life by John C. Maxwell. And I'm actually on chapter 13, and it's talking about find a good mentor. Find a good mentor. With this conversation of not overselling yourself and making sure that you don't undersell yourself, because again, I'm not going to lie to you guys. For those of you that don't know me, a lot of people have actually told me, I'll say about 10 to 15 people have actually told me, Brianna, your prices are too low. And to be quite frank with you guys, I am too low. Because if you check the market rate, the market rate of a consultant or a social media strategist, starting rate is like 150. And that's for a sit down. That's not even for a complete plan. Now, why haven't I increased my prices to that caliber if I understand the market rate and then where I am? Excuse me. I haven't increased because, honestly, I haven't found a good mentor. I haven't established myself in the strategic planning and process of being a social media brand marketer. <clears throat> so here are some key things that I'm looking for in reference to this book by John C. Maxwell. Here are some key things I'm looking for because in 2020, I desire a mentor that has experience and expertise in social media, marketing, and branding. So here you go. What are the key tips that John C. Maxwell said? Number one, <clears throat> a good mentor is a worthy example. As you look for role models and mentors, scrutinize their personal life as carefully as their public performance. Your values will be influenced by theirs, so you shouldn't be too casual about whom you choose to follow. Number two, a good mentor is available. We all know what that means. A good mentor has proven experience. I just told y'all that. A good mentor possesses wisdom. A good mentor provides friendship and support. A good mentor is a coach who makes a difference in people's lives. He actually gave an acronym. COACH stands for care for the people they coach, observe their attitudes, behavior, and performance, align them with their strengths for peak performance, communicate and give feedback about their performance, help them to improve their lives and performance. The process of growing with the help of a mentor usually follows this pattern. It begins with awareness. No matter who you are, what you have accomplished, how high or how low your life has taken you, you can benefit from having a mentor. 
So with that being said, you guys, make sure in 2020 that you get a mentor who, not just anybody, because John C. Maxwell laid it out pretty clear with those six points, that you don't want to just jump and get any mentor, but we all need a coach, a liaison, a person to reference. You know what I mean? Even the individuals that I follow that are charging the $500, the $1,000, they had or have a coach. They didn't just jump up to $500 today. They worked their way up. And so my prayer for myself is that the Lord would align me and connect me with a legitimate uh, advisory from a mentor that is experienced and knows how to work this business properly so that I won't oversell myself, but I will be just right. Just right for the market. Just like the three little pig, I mean, three little bears. That's my favorite restaurant. Go to Lost of Three Bears. You know, one porch is too hot, one porch too cold, one just right. A lot of you guys out here, well, those that are in the field of consulting, and even those who are just consumers, you notice that some people are too hot. They too hot. And some people too cold like me. But then you got some people who are just right. Their prices are in the market and they are providing a service that fits the market. And some people's service are is exponential. It's bigger than the market, but their prices fit the market. So it's like you're winning both ways with customer service and the actual cost of the service, like you're winning. So, all right, y'all, I'm passing it back to Q. We hope you're not just gonna leave us on. But anyway, um, so that was that was deep. It's hard to come behind that. <laughs> but um, wow, what can I say? That was a mouthful. But I will say, I will be transparent, say I'm reading this book, The Consultant's Handbook, which was a Christmas gift by my lovely wife, Rihanna. Um, it's an industry that I desire to go in, but I am very, I'm, like I said, as we're talking about this, this topic, I don't want to oversell myself and I don't want to undersell myself. I want to be just right. And I am a very big forward thinker. Um, I will create things I'm just thinking of and file it for two years down the road when I'm going to need it. Yep. So um, it is very important that you really take ownership of your craft and really be serious like don't let somebody have to don't allow someone to walk away after doing business with you and feel like they just got took 
Right. That's the worst feeling. That ever. is the worst. Comment below if you've ever experienced that. Have you ever experienced somebody? What you say? What you call it? Oh. Taking you. Yeah, basically walking away from a situation, feeling like you got took. You got yeah. taken advantage of. Right. Thank you for the question. Comment below if you have ever experienced a business transaction and you felt like you were taken advantage of. We just want to talk. Or we, you know, there's here's another thing. And I love all these experiences in my life are very irritating. Well, not all of them. <laughs> I, I think God, like, sometimes I'd be like, you know, sometimes I just be driving in my car. I'm like, oh, I, I don't get it. Why me, God? Like, it's like. That's funny. You just, you just like, you just picked me out of all the folk. You were the perfect woman. So I just got to stay getting irritated. But I guess I stay. But you know what? God will irritate you. To help you be the source of the solution. Right. So I guess that's why I'm reading this book. And I guess that's why I keep experiencing things. <laughs> so I can help the world in some way. Um, and have better customer service. Better customer service. Better solutions. Just be better. Be best. As a, no, your first we're lady. Not, we're not going to do that. Okay, sorry. But uh, <laughs> Too early. <laughs> too early. <laughs> Um, I just, I wholeheartedly believe that in my desire for wanting to be a consultant is I wholeheartedly believe that every entrepreneur, small business or corporation that has true value, true values. Cause I have, and I will be honest with you. I can read your mission statement and read between the lines and I will not do, I would prefer not to do business with you based on your mission statement. Because if you're all about the money, granted, we all need money to survive, but I do want to be aligned with God and also be aligned with serving his people correctly. That's right. Because greed only begets more greed, just as violence only begets more violence. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, it's very important, you know, and in the other part, I feel like I'm getting sidetracked, but I'm, I'm getting there. Stay with <laughs> So my other desire, why I, um, seek the field of consultant is because this is like my number one. I feel like I've seen so many small businesses go out of business, but if they just would have had the appropriate help. Mm-hmm. and resources and somebody in their corner not per se you know usually you hear this from a lawyer but a consultant that really is passionate about you're not going to give up and you're not going to close your doors right. if you close your doors we're going to go out swinging yep <clears throat> so I feel like so many people have given up and thrown in the towel when they didn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to fight harder, but they got tired. And they didn't have too many. When you think about a boxing ring, there's somebody in the corner. 
But when ain't nobody in your corner, it gets kind of tough on the road of entrepreneurship, business ownership. You know, it gets tough. Um, so that's my desire to really drive in and help those small businesses. And I want to be able to help different aspects between small businesses because let me be honest with you a small business does not have to stay a small business a small business can grow into a corporation big mindset where do you think all the mcdonald's and the chick-fil-a's and you know all these industries we just ride by today they started from the bottom the bottom saying saying small business the difference between you and them for those small business owners and entrepreneurships entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs just starting out the difference between you and them is you got you starting small but you got to think big mm-hmm. that's the difference you know i don't there's a lot i'm a history i love history so i look at the the um guys like and I'm not going to say they did everything by the book and did it correctly but I'm just using their what they did as an example the the um JP Morgans who helped modernize financial um people like uh John the Rockefellers all these people started out with little money mm-hmm all they know is they had a vision and that they were going to get this by any means necessary. You would think by these people being millionaires, even these corporations such as, you know, the McDonald's, which you cannot compare McDonald's to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is, you know, it's in a whole nother category. We all know, Brianna. (laughs) Don't talk about Chick-fil-A. But, and see, he, Chick-fil-A is a wonderful example because they don't oversell themselves. They don't undersell themselves. They just write. Mm-hmm. And they don't waver. Mm-hmm. If they going to be close, I mean, they set that standard back in the 60s that they were going to close on Sunday. And here we are over almost 60 years later. And they still don't open that door. Right. You got to stick to your values. You know, that's one of the things sometimes I don't respect about corporations. They get so big and high and mighty that they forgot where they started out as small. Small only is small to keep you humble. Well, I used to watch this show. And it says, small is powerful. Believe it. Believe it. And you got to know that your small business is powerful. But guess what? You got to believe it. Mm -hmm. You got to think bigger than just small. And when you do get big, and and when you do get big, don't forget, you might need to travel back down the road of small to keep you humble. Because you weren't always there. Mm-hmm. So be willing to help that small startup business that might come to you asking for help. Right. 
even if they're a competitor, there is something you can do without outsourcing yourself. You know, I just do not like being um, businesses and corporations being so, you know, a lot of times we see a lot of selfishness in the industry today. Right. And even not just selfish in different forms, selfish in, you know, I'm going to put myself out there at a rate that I know I'm not really, I haven't even put the time to put into this craft. Mm-hmm. Or I put the time in it, but I don't, I'm, I just don't have that passion. It's not matching. Right. So you could have expertise and experience, but if you don't have enough passion to make it become alive, I mean, you can create, you can create, you can do, fulfill, but it's a difference when there's passion involved. Yeah. It's almost like when you used to hear about cooking, it was cooked with love. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. That's how you got to think about your your business, your your what you're selling, what what you're the the consultant you are. Yeah. You got to cook that with love. Yeah, there was an episode um <clears throat> of course as podcasters we listen to podcasts. <laughs> and so there was an episode on Side Hustle Pro. Where it was a woman, and Quentin heard this episode, the woman that's in uh, D.C. area with the spice bouquet. But it's called Spice Spice something. I had to tag it. Yeah, I'm going to put it in the description, y'all. Sorry, I kind of got that twisted up. But long story short, to go along with Quinn's point of <clears throat> passion, expertise, and experience. So the lady who is running this bouquet, which again, it'll be in the show notes for you to go and look at that episode and listen to it. She was an education. And one day, she just had an epiphany and was like, you know, I want to do something different. You know, I've been in education for X amount of years. I just want something different. And literally, she saw a vacant um, storefront, followed up with the owner, and in about two weeks, she literally had a spice, a spice shop, a shop full of spices. And um, she had about two to three ambassadors, and now she calls those ambassadors the Spice Girls. And now we're talking about a little storefront. I'm talking about like probably the size of a living room and a dining room connected. Like it's not that big, but she allows for other small business owners to have free events there. They can sell stuff there, but you know, she's opened up her space to other small business owners. She's selling spices. She goes literally across this world to find spices and bring them back to D.C. to her small, quaint shop. And she's making way more than she did in education. Nothing, no shade in education, but the principle of passion 
purpose, expertise. Her passion and her expertise and experience came from education, but her passion was to create an atmosphere for people to grow and connect. And she loved to cook. And so that's what the inspiration came from to have a spice shop. And now look at this lady. She literally could just get on Instagram, show us a spice and go to bed. It took some groundwork, you know, but the principle now is she's literally making money while she sleep. And also, I highlight from that how she was able to just walk away. She had cash flow investments. Yeah, she did. So, you know, she she already had said she was a saver, but they, see, there's a difference between being just a saver you you got to be a saver and an investor you're saving money does not create interest you got, Come to, on now. You got to think like the bank why do you think they use you <laughs> your interest you walk in interest <laughs> so that's why they have an interest in you come on now so the way she was creating cash flow and residual income while working this is before she started her business, was through rental properties. She had two. She has two. Two. And anybody that knows the up north, D.C., Metro, New York areas, you know rent is high. Yep. Rent can be high up there. So she had those cash flow streams. The thing about rent being high, not all rent is high. It's it depends on the market. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, she had streams coming in. Why? Because the market had, that is a demand in the market. Yeah. Real estate is a demand. So for anybody that's looking for a, a, a net to grow, grow their net worth and have a net to grow in as far as having that cushion, look into real estate and rental property. And, you know, rental properties alone... I always say maybe have at least one to two rentals at a minimum. If you want to get in, if you desire maybe some fix and flips and rehabs and wholesale, that's up to you. But always have maybe that base to, you know, have that safety net of rental income. (laughs) I mean, I learned my lessons already. (laughs) We'll come back with another episode on that That one. one. Yeah. But I do want to leave you with this. I'm going to paraphrase it and end it with this. From this book, what I have gotten. So, to all my listeners who desire to do more and entrepreneurs and business owners and even future business owners. Prayer. So, establish suitable credibility. Number one. Establish suitable credibility. Number two, manage projects and interactions effectively. Number three, overcome all obstacles. And the fourth and final, Formulate and deliver compelling results. 
I gotta say that one again. Formulate and deliver compelling results. Why? Because it's in you, it's on you, it's already been implanted. You just got to do the birthing out. Yeah. Somebody needs what you got. Yep. So quit harboring it and pull, stretch, and push. <laughs> so, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode about not overselling, but being strategic in how you operate in your business. This has been another episode of Resilient Love. Thanks so much for listening to Resilient Love Podcast. We wanted to take this opportunity to also let you know that you can help us by committing to a monthly fee of $0.99, cent, $2.99, or $9.99. Those contributions help us to keep this movement of resilient love going. Blessings to all listeners and subscribers. Thank you all. Resilient love.